Meet Bob Olson. Bob's the author of Answers About the Afterlife and the host of Afterlife TV. A private investigator who began investigating life after death in 1999, Bob now records his interviews with experts, authors, and people who've had extraordinary experiences so he can share it all with you. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. This is Bob Olson with Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com. This is where we search for evidence of life after death and ask the meaningful questions around that subject. Today's question, we're really going to ask about uh, why people, our loved ones and spirit, want to communicate with us. We know why we want to communicate with them. That's pretty obvious. Why do they want to communicate with us? What's in it for them? And uh, we have an incredible guest here today to help answer that question for us. She was recommended uh, by my friend James Van Prague. Uh, he said, you got to have this woman on. Uh, and I did a little research and found out exactly why. Uh, it's amazing what a career she has had. Recently, she was presented with the Long Service Award by the Spiritualist National Union. That was back in May of 2011. And uh, you're going to find out a little bit more about her. Let's just uh, welcome her. Thank you so much, Mavis, for coming. I really appreciate you and, and am honored that you're here. Thank you very much for inviting me, Bob. Well, this is exciting for me. Uh, you've had a, a wonderful career, quite a journey uh, that begins, from what I understand, uh, you saw your first spirit back in 1966, started your journey as a medium. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, it was a bit of a shock because I was very sick. I'd only been given three months to live. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I just saw a gentleman as clearly as I'm looking at you. And I could hear him as clearly as I hear you. And he said, go and find a healer, or I wouldn't hear the New Year bells. Oh. And that's how it all started. Well, that's kind of a scary message to get. Uh, but you must have been shocked that this person appeared before you. Absolutely. But I, it wasn't scary, really, because they had been investigating... Uh, for quite a long time and I had had surgery uh, and of course they didn't have scans and things like that in those days yeah so um, so I went to the uh, I found a healer eventually and went to a spiritualist healer and then of course it became erratic where I you know people I'd visit people would visit me and I'd say oh don't sit there my granddad's there oh don't sit there the cat's there <laughs> uh, and I put everybody off me <laughs> um, so I knew that I had to learn to discipline it. And, of course, the disciplining of natural mediumship is so very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that with a lot of mediums, you know, just getting used to it, uh, not putting people off, you know, not going into a restaurant and stopping somebody and giving them a reading, some stranger, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Absolutely, that happened to me many times, and uh, I lost a lot of friends, yeah. and then I was fortunate to meet a guy called Gordon Higginson, mm. who was the president of our union, and he took me under his wing and taught me the disciplines and how to approach it, but you know sometimes, Bob, I'd like to go back to those early beginnings, when it was so spontaneous and natural, and uh, I'd love to have those days back again. Uh, I, I kind of understand, you know, um, as, as, as enthusiastic and passionate as I am about this subject right now, 
uh, about investigating the afterlife. When I first started, this was just in 1999, so in comparison, it's nothing. But I just remember how exciting everything was for me. It was I was like a kid at Disney World um, because everything was so new and so exciting. So I can kind of I can kind of relate to that. Yes, it was wonderful, a wonderful way. And Disney World is one of my favorite places. Really? So well, maybe we can go that. together. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, you know, in the same decade, in the 60s, um, you actually started, am I right? You started teaching at the Arthur Finley College, is that true? That's correct. Wow. Uh, what? Sorry. No, I was just gonna say. Why don't you tell our audience? Because I'm sure a lot of people don't aren't familiar with Arthur Finley College. Um, tell us w what that is. Well, it's a college for spiritual and psychic studies. So they have many, many various varying courses there, and it's to teach people to understand uh, the gifts that they've got. Because many people, you know, at the beginning don't know why this happened, don't know what to do with it. And when you come to the college, you go through a training system um, where we teach you how to control it, mm -hmm. how to actually get the communication to work yep. at, at the right time, in the right way. Um, we also teach the philosophical side of mediumship and, of course, about life after death, the spirit world, things of that nature. So the courses run weekly, um, and I think I must have lived there at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I loved every moment of it. It's an old mansion, and if you're not careful, your imagination can run away with yourself, <laughs> and you can think you're seeing all kinds of things. <laughs> That's going to be fun. That sounds exciting to me. Um, you know, I have to go there one day. I, I, I'm surprised, actually, I haven't gone there yet. But, you know, ever since I first started researching uh, mediums, uh, I was in with people who had been to Arthur Finley College, and they just couldn't say enough wonderful things about it. And, and every once in a while, they would have um, they would have. They would have people who we, who taught there come over, like Brenda Lawrence would come over. I remember. Um, oh, good friend of mine, Brenda Lawrence. Really? Yeah. I, I, and I was so excited because I sat down and 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 had dinner with her and a, and a bunch of other people. And boy, what a great storyteller she is! And oh, absolutely. I heard things that uh, I never heard about before. But the best mediums that I have. Uh, met and and worked with over the years now have uh seemed to go back to Arthur Finley College many times they just you know once a year often they'll go for a couple of weeks I suppose it's our mecca yeah you know it's the one place where you can go and it's steeped in spiritual history really yeah and you're with people of likened minds yeah and it's good to be and converse with people of likened minds. So I, I, I imagine. I mean, I, you must. You know, you, you you go through life. A lot of people don't understand you, your family, and everything. And finally, you're with people who have been going through the same stuff that you've been going through. Absolutely, and you feel comforted, supported, and and it's a wonderful place to be when you're starting the journey. I love it. Now, is there any reason for someone like me, people who are not mediums or psychics, to to go there, or is it just for psychics and mediums? 
Well, I think that to get an insight on life after death and mediumship is all, is important for everyone. Yeah. Uh, then you can make your decision whether it's for you or not. You see, I don't think mediumship's for everyone. Mm. I don't think even the communication between the two worlds is for everyone. I really believe that we are all on a journey, and as long as we act spiritually, we are fulfilling our destiny. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I feel that way uh, weekly. I, I think about how how that is so true, and and that you know, for me, um, it was it was the loss of a loved one that brought me into this field, but it was what I learned about life that was even more valuable than what I learned about the afterlife. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, we live by seven principles. So when you're at the college, you would see the principles, you talk about the principles. Um, it changes the inner and the outer self. Yeah. You know, I have a great saying that I, I use with all my students, and it should be my soul and I are at peace with this thought. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. That um, is. And, of course, this is what it's all about. If you are at peace with what you're about, what philosophical outpouring you're following, then you can only help humanity, which, is co of course, is what we're here for. And so, you, as you're going, as you just said a moment ago, you don't need to be a medium to do that. No. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, many people from different walks of life that help humanity are actually fulfilling their soul's calling, and that's really ultimately what it's all about. And we look at you and people like you, who are the pioneers, really. You're the, one of the pioneers. I say this to James and he laughs at me, but you're the pioneers. You're, you're taking the word of natural law into a new dimension. Yeah. So your destiny is being fulfilled because you're following what your soul is telling you what to do. Yeah, right. Yes. Well, and, 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 and you know, and at the beginning I can remember thinking, you know, why am I doing this? You know, <laughs> but you do, you feel driven to do it. So you just follow that, right? And Absolutely. I've given up twice, I think, in, in this last 40, uh, 40 odd years. Yeah. Where I've thought, I can't do it anymore. I just don't want to do it anymore. And you go away, you have a tantrum like a child. And then you think, no, better get back on board. Get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, the first time I did that, um, I had I had some experiences with um, you know a few mediums who were um, displaying human characteristics, human flaws, and I and and I saw these human flaws, and I was thinking of them as you know spiritual you know beings, and so I I finally realized, and this was like a couple of years into my research at the most. Um, oh, no, they're just humans. They're humans like the rest of us going through a journey. And But at first I was so upset by some of the horrible things that a couple people had done that I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm through with it. And then what was interesting is over the following week or so, um, I had had a bunch of contact from friends and relatives who had uh, – lost a loved one of some sort, someone that I didn't know, but they knew, 
uh, and they lost them, and they said, Bob, you know, thanks, thanks to your work, thanks to what you've been doing and all that you told me about, I've been able to deal with this so much better than if I hadn't learned these things. Thank you so much. And that's what brought me back into it. Absolutely. And that's all you need is thank you very much. Well, it's just, I saw some purpose in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there is a strong purpose in it for two worlds because the spirit world, every time you you create a program like you're creating now, yeah. there'll be someone in the spirit world that's saying thank you very much, Bob, because you're feeding to somebody of my family who will eventually research and find out where to go to get some help and support. Yeah, yeah. And I think so it's really important. Go ahead. Say that again. I said it works from two worlds. It does, yeah. You know, the thanks come from this world, but magnify them a thousand times from the spirit world. <laughs> well, and we're going to get to that in just a moment, which is really what I'm excited about. I do want to ask you a couple of things. There seems to be, from my perspective, a, di a difference between uh, the British styles and American styles of mediumship. Have you noticed this yourself? And if so, what, what would they be? Uh, yes, it's it's very different from we really the way we train our people is that you have to have the full content of the evidence before you go into the message. Yeah. Where in America it seems to be more once you've got the person, then give the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel that sometimes in America we have it here in England. So I'm not saying we don't have it. Um, it's, it turns into counselling. Yeah. You know, they start off and then suddenly they're fine. They're telling the person what to do. Right. And it's not coming from the spirit world because there's not enough evidence to substantiate that they were there. Yes, yes. So uh, I think that that may be the difference. Oh, well, that that's excellent. I, I And I, I agree with you. And I, and, and I I always thought the way you did it was more formulaic, uh, in meaning... They had to establish that evidence. Oh, they do. Long before they could start giving the, the you know, whatever, the vague messages that were mm -hmm. unsubstantiated. Um, but, you know, they were great messages, but leave those to last. The messages yes. of love and forgiveness and all that. Yeah. Yes. And it has to come at the end. Yeah. Because other than that, then the spirit world are dissatisfied. So all we are thinking about is satisfying two worlds. I believe, you see, we are healers between two worlds. Mm. We heal that gap between this world and the next. So as we're taking care of the people here, we're taking care of the people in the spirit world. If we haven't given enough evidence that they are there, then they're going, they're going to feel unfulfilled at the end of the sitting. All right, well, perfect, uh, perfect segue into what, you and I wanted to talk about today, which is, you know, why do they want to communicate with us? Why? You know, let me say this because we, uh, our audience here on Afterlife TV, we've we've had a lot of people who've had near-death experiences, and one of the common things that that people have said during their near-death experiences is that. They, you know, not all of them, but some of them said, you know, I wasn't even thinking of my loved ones, you know, mm. back on the physical plane. I wasn't even thinking of them. I was just going through this experience and I felt very, you know, I, there wasn't a connection. There wasn't a longing or a worrying or any of that 
with you know their earth human life here they were just going through what they were going through and a lot of our viewers have been confused by that oh no what do you mean they they don't think of us and i i have a feeling that there's just stages that they go through the initial stage which is what people who have near-death experiences have and then when they actually get to the spirit world they seem very connected with us um can you do you have a perspective on that the well, I think if you are looking at near-death experiences, you're looking actually very uh, similar to what happens at death. And usually they talk about going down a tunnel yeah. and then coming into the light. Right. And, and there's so much going on within them to get through that tunnel to the light that I think that that's what sways it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And they can't think of anything but that this moving forward, and it must be dreadful to know you've got to go whether you want to go or not. You can't avoid it. Yeah. It's like, that's what it's like. So I suppose they're not thinking about family in any world at that moment. Yeah. But as they're going over, about a fortnight, three weeks three months before, mm -hmm. there would have been a call in the spirit world to say that they're going. Yeah. Even if it's an accident, doesn't yeah. matter how they're going. Um, they will be called. So the people will be ready waiting for them. I see. Once uh, they've got them settled, then the first thing they'll want to do is call home. <laughs> that's very and that's all it is. Now, why? Why would they want to do that? <clears throat> Well, why do you want to call home when you go to the Bahamas? <laughs> well, I get that, but, you know, I, I mean, I think a lot of people have a feeling, you know, we, we do tell, you know, us teachers, you know, who teach about this stuff say, you know, they're always with us. They're always aware of what's going on in our life. They're, you know, that sort of thing. So sometimes we think, well, they don't need to make contact with us, but obviously that's not true. What happens is that if they once they're over there, once they are aware that they can see you, they can touch you, they can talk to you, and you can't feel them, that's when they start to look for a medium. I see. To help to unfold the story. Now, the reason for communication is love, like life, can never die. So that love pull that they have here has a lot to do with them making contact. The second thing, of course, is if they perhaps feel that they did a disservice to a member of family or a friend, they'll want to come back to give them compensation to say, I'm sorry. So there's more than one reason for communication from their side. Yeah. And so it's very much as though you know, there's there's still there's still a part of them that's involved in this lifetime, uh, very much so, right? Oh, absolutely, because yeah. some of them really didn't want to be over there anyway. <laughs> you know, so settling them down over there, part of the healing of them getting settled and happy and moving on. Yeah is always connected with putting everything right, writing the end on this chapter yeah. so that you can move on. And communication helps them to do that. Yeah, okay. Um, now, uh, 
one of the things I, I I've heard you speak about is is how they view us, how the spirit, how the, our loved ones in spirit see us. It, it was it's a lovely, it's just a lovely description of of how they see us, and I think more people would benefit to to hear you know your perspective on that. Could you tell us? Well, my perspective on, of it is really that first of all they see your light, they see your auric field. And then they see the love that you have and the grieving that you have. And that is the love pole. And they want to heal you. They want to make you feel better. Mm. So that's the reason that they see you in that light. To them, you are all love. And you're their heaven. You know, they're loved best of all in your memory and in your heart. So that's where their heaven is sometimes, to just be around you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in this way, obviously, they're, they're fully aware uh, of when we're thinking about them, when we're looking at their photographs, when we're talking about them with loved ones. They're, even when we attend their, say, their funeral or memorial services, they're aware of all this, correct? Oh, I've had so many when I've been doing funeral services telling me how to do it, <laughs> you know, or stopping me and telling me something they want to say. So that's not unusual at all. Um, and they, in, my sister in particular, I did my sister's funeral and, and she interfered all the way through. <laughs> Uh, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful for me, who was grieving for her, really. It helped me a great deal. Um, and yes, they are there. Um, but I want you to look at it from another point of view. Yeah. <clears throat> they see you crying. They see your pain. And sometimes they will feel they've caused it by going. Ah. So they'll try to touch you. They'll try to give you a hug. They'll try to talk to you. And suddenly, they've become a figment of your imagination. Yeah. And for them, that again is when mediums are so necessary. Yeah. So that we can remove the doubt and let the communication have that intimacy between those two loving couples. So in so in a sense, what you're saying is, and many many of us have experienced this, but we have the doubt. We have, we have a sense that we feel their presence in the room, but we chalk it up to our imagination or something. Is Absolutely. this it? And then and that must be very frustra frustrating for them, I imagine. Yeah. Well, yes, because they've taken their intelligence. Yeah. They've taken their intellect. They've taken all their knowledge about you and their life with you over. That doesn't just suddenly change because they've gone to another world. Yeah. They're just living in a different form, but they still have all those memories. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of this comes through in a reading with a medium. Uh, so anybody who's had one, and a lot of people of our audience have, have had one, uh, a lot have not. And, and, and some people, there's many people in our audience who still are not sure what to believe, whether they believe in mediums or not. To me, I just say the only way you're going to get over your skepticism is by having a personal reading yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's the little things that come through that this stranger who is the medium could not possibly have known that is sacred to you. It's, the, it's those are the things that are going to make the big difference for, for them. But 
Um, aside from that, you know, for those who have not had one and are open to it, you know, what what are some of the things that uh, that they need from us that they would like from us? Um, aside from you know having a reading with a medium just on an everyday basis, is there something that we can do for them? Is there a way that we can uh, be more aware of their presence around us? Those sorts of things. Well, yes, there is. I mean, people do meditation. Okay. I'm not. A, I'm not I've got to say, I'm not a great one for meditation. I'm well known for that in the <laughs> in the Arthur Finlay College. My mind's too busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, as you're, if something happens, and you think, goodness gracious me, that's just what my mother did. Think, well, God bless you, Mum. I hope you're all right. I hope you're carrying on your journey. Um, and start a conversation with them. At the moment, what we've got, and we've got it with our mediums as well that worries me, is it's like they ask a question, but they demand an answer. Ah. And really, you can't make demands on the spirit world, yeah. but you can hold communion with them. So you can talk to them and, and hold a conversation with them. Um, keep a room free of perfume so that you might send smell the perfume of someone you've loved right when you're looking at the photograph of someone that you've got on show talk to them as you would if they were there yeah then if it's possible for them to be able to communicate with you mm -hmm. they will yeah they'll do it in such a subtle way at the beginning the touching of your hair the wind just blowing across your cheek they'll start with such simple things yeah that's that, that's 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 true and and I, I often tell people just talk out loud to them you know if you can oh, absolutely. yeah if you're in the car and somebody loved driving and looking at countryside talk to them about that countryside yeah. and don't be afraid if anybody thinks you're mad yeah. You're not. It's their, their loss, not yours. <laughs> That's right. We could be talking on our cell phone or something. Who knows? Um, well, that's beautiful. Now, what about prayer? You know, I think a lot of people, you know, we've learned through religion how to pray. But, you know, prayer is sort of the same idea. It's a, it's a way of, you know, if we're praying for our loved ones, in, in a sense, it's a way of communicating. Is there a right or wrong way to pray? And do prayers help our loved ones in spirit? Absolutely. What you've got to remember before you pray is to thank God that there was somebody there to take care of them. Yeah. Because it should be a thank you for their lives, a thank you for the blessings you've received from them, and then the blessings that they're receiving now on this next phase of their journey. Mm. And then to say, could I be a light upon their path? Can I put my love into them so that they can feel my presence in their world? Yeah. Not just asking them to come here, but can I be, can I offer myself and my love to be a light on their path? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel that the prayers that we give should be ones of thanksgiving. Yeah. I, we've got to move away from religion where they demand. We have no need to demand. Our, our lives are fulfilled through the good we do and what we give away. 
not what we demand of other people. Yeah. Right. So prayer should always be based on a thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you've got someone who has to leave the earth because they're too sick to stay here. Right. I sometimes feel that our prayers are to keep them here. Where actually the healing is just asking for God's divine intervention. Hmm. I really believe that that's unconditional love that you and I can give to those who need to go. Yeah. And, and it's a hard one, that one. Yeah. You've got to love a lot to be able to let, to let somebody go. That's true. If you've got enough love and God's divine intervention is there, they'll go safely with your loving. Yeah, right. Is there any reason uh, that we ever need to worry about our loved ones uh, when when they've passed? Is uh, they're they're taken care of? It's it's out of our control at that point, correct? Absolutely. You've got to remember that there are worlds within worlds, Bob. So that there's highly evolved, intelligent beings in that other world, and they will be there as our loved ones are preparing for the journey. So they receive what is necessary for them to become strong um, and whole. And of course, you're part of that necessary healing, the opportunity to communicate. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of medium demonstrations. For people who don't know what that is, it's when a medium is like on stage in front of an audience and often gives random readings to to the audience members um been to many medium demonstrations and you know quite often uh forgiveness is is given uh from our, their loved people's loved ones in spirit and often it's it's requested uh what happens because i actually have seen this um when the people here are not ready to to offer that forgiveness what what's that like for them in spirit well, they, they really will have good teachers over there that will help them to understand why. Mm -hmm. And they will have to face up. You know, we have compensation and retribution in the spirit world. So if you have done something so bad, it may take many, many years before that forgiveness is found here. They, they may have to wait until you get there before it can actually be resolved. Yeah. But they're not in hell. They're still going through that understanding that even if I'm not forgiven, I can still serve that person yeah. by sending them healing and good thoughts. Right. And they've got a lot more patience than we have because they've got eternity. Right. We only think we've got this life. Sure, sure. Uh, and, and on that idea of eternity, you know, I know many people have emailed me or made comments on Facebook or something about, you know, if their loved ones were to reincarnate and then, and then they passed, would their loved ones be there to greet them? What's your that's, experience? That's a toughie. That's yeah. a real toughie. Now then, what I believe, what I've been taught by the spirit world... Mm -hmm is this, that if you are born into a genetic structure of reincarnation, 
and you've got that genetic memory that this is what happens, then you will reincarnate. If you come from our type of religious background, I mean, I'm Church of England, High Church of England, yeah. that was my background. Um, we are taught that we will go on um, until we reach God. And mm -hmm. um, so I know that it is how the structure genetically and the genetic memory works. So if you're not in that structure or memory, then they won't reincarnate. They'll have to go through many worlds before they will understand and make the decision, and remember it's their decision, mm -hmm. to reincarnate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In many of these genetic uh, religious doctrines, they don't get a choice. We get a choice. Yeah, yeah, okay. But there'll be some in that genetic memory will have broken free from reincarnation. Oh, okay. Now, now, when I talk to my teachers in the spirit world, my teacher tells me, oh, it'll take, it'll take you 150, 250 earth years mm -hmm. before you will be ready to even consider it. Yeah, okay. And I think that's right for me. Okay. All right, well, that's interesting. Now, um... All right, I ask this uh, of a lot of my guests because uh, I love all the different answers. So I want to hear your perspective on this. Um, when I try to uh, – I, I give some terminology to the different parts of ourselves. And this, this is just my terminology. I'm sure you have uh, your own. but uh, So feel free to use your own. But I think of the spirit – that the spirit that is Bob is the spirit that's within this body. And when I pass, my spirit goes back into the, the spiritual world, the spirit world, and um, at some point uh, merges back with what I would call my soul, my whole self. I'll call that my soul. And mm -hmm. my soul or my whole self is that um, that is Bob and George and Amy and you know Samantha and all those other lifetimes that I have had mm -hmm. uh, is the whole of that. And so, therefore, when someone asks me that question, I think, well, even if someone were to reincarnate, I'm, I come from a very practical place, okay? Even yeah. if someone were to reincarnate, if Bob, you know, were to reincarnate, if that even exists, it might just be, you know, my soul just has another incarnation. You see, to me, it might not be that Bob reincarnates, it's, it's that the soul, my whole self, decides to have another incarnation. So therefore, Bob never really goes anywhere, and my soul never really goes anywhere because that part of me, is the whole self, is always there in the spiritual world. Any, any sense to that at all? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's below my fuses. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I believe is the, the soul, which is the vehicle through which the spirit moves and has its being. Yep. And I believe with the soul, that is where your destiny is. It's written within the soul. Mm -hmm. I believe your spirit is so pure that no matter what you get up to in this life, it will remain pure. Yeah. And therefore, it will eventually work its way back to the I am, which is God. Ah, okay. But I do believe that the soul 
takes the many journeys that it must take, either in this world or the next. And as it learns, it actually will condense the best destiny for you. Yeah, 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 that's beautiful. But, you know, all your mediumship comes from your soul. All, all the faculties, all the abilities that you have for clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clear knowing, objective, physical mediumship, they're all aspects of your soul. I thought I heard you say recently on something that you you even thought um, that that many mediums these days are too much in their head. Absolutely. They're not using the soul. They're using the conscious mind because they're having to think. What's happened is people keep saying to them, what's the first name? How old were they? And they have to put that question out then. So they do that with the mind. Mm. Where if you watch a good, good, solid medium, they work from the power of soul. That's where it begins. The ignition comes from the spark of spirit into the soul, into the physical, and there's your flow. How, how, how do uh, us non-mediums uh, sort of translate that into our life uh, now? Uh, I'm, I'm getting the sense that maybe it has more to do with, you know, coming from love, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Well, yes, I mean, it's the love. The spirit of you is so pure, it can love the unlovable. Yeah. Now, that love is fed into the soul and then fed into the physical, and that's where it comes from. So the true perfect loving that we're all looking for is there within the spirit of us. Okay. And and so there, that's where that's where forgiveness comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and pretty much all these wonderful things uh, of the highly evolved spiritual beings. That's that's where we're trying to get to is is to be living from the soul. Absolutely. If we can move with the, the uh, my soul and I, if everything you do is in harmony with your soul and you. Mm-hmm then you are living a good life. Perhaps not a perfect one, because you'll have to be naughty sometimes, but you're living a balanced, loving life. And that's what it's about. Yeah. And, and with that said, though, of course, um, what some religions would have us believe is that if we live that way, then only good things will happen to us. You're not saying that, I'm sure. No. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm saying that, that, that all things appertaining to us be, being aware of that great spiritual love, we'd learn more by making the mistakes than we do by being just totally good. Wouldn't do for you and me to be sat on a mountain somewhere. Yeah. We need to be out there exploring and reasoning and getting the reason between my soul and I. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So this is why bad things happen to good people. Live. We live here, Bob. This planet of ours, the 
if you wanted a perfect world, you'd have to take the animal out of the animal kingdom, the plant out of the plant kingdom. You'd have to take fish out of the sea yeah. for the perfection. Yeah, yeah. We are supposed to be, in the Bible it says, we were to have dominion over the earth. What God was hoping then is that we'd learn to love to such a degree that we would not hurt our fellow man. Yeah. So there would be no predators. It would all be living in harmony. And that's what he wanted us to have. Um, considering the state of, uh, of the world today, I mean, would you... Would you then say that we've gone awry, we, we, we've gone off track, or would you also think that everything is perfect because we're learning what we're supposed to learn, have, having the experiences we're supposed to have? I don't know. I think we have to move to universal law, which is beyond our understanding. Ah. But when you look at the world, and you look at the history of the world, why don't we learn that wars don't work? They just don't work. Right. You know, um, I've been to the most beautiful, beautiful uh, place in Arnhem, uh, where the Second World War veteran they're buried there, and it's the most beautiful, peaceful place on earth. Mm. Out of all that horror, you step into that place of peace. I think we should put the United Nations in there and not let them out until they've solved it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is why uh, so many people <coughs> don't want us to forget these wars. You know, this is oh, why it's so important that we don't to remind ourselves of what we don't want. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, you wouldn't want another Hiroshima. Yeah. You know, we just wouldn't want it again. But it's people like you who are the pioneers for peace by your programs that actually are beginning to illuminate people into the awareness of their soul and their spirit. You were talking about universal law. Um, how would you define universal law to, to us? Is it definable? I don't think I understand it totally. Mm -hmm. I think I could give you a lot of platitudes about it. Okay. But actually, I don't believe that we could understand that. Absolutely. I know that as we evolve and move and have our being on this earth, there is a pattern and thousands and thousands of patterns are coming up the same. And when we all meet, perhaps we'll understand universal law. Mm. But I'm not a great one for platitudes. Yeah. You know, and we can say this and we can say that. I think the nearest I know to universal law is Desiderata, that poem. Go yeah. placidly. Yeah. And I think that universal law is about us learning to be proud of ourselves and to be proud of others, to forgive, to live and to be whole. Mm. That universal law, if it worked, would end corruption. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's say it's been about 47 years since you saw your first spirit uh, who led you to healing. Um, 
what have you learned in all this time? What's the, what's some of the either the greatest lesson or maybe a couple of the greatest lessons that you learned um, from your work with spirit in all this time? Well, I think I've learned to understand myself ah. because you have to understand you. Um, I've learned that I am uh, uh, the type of person that sometimes can go off on a tangent, <laughs> you know. Um, and I've learned now that if I pray and ask for help to balance that out, that it's coming slowly, but I'm getting there. Okay. Um, I've learned that miracles do happen. Mediumship, when it's at its fullness and its purest, shows us the greatest miracle because it shows us how love can continue. Yeah. So I really have learned such a lot. I've sat with Kabbalic teachers. Um, I've sat. I've been in Singapore with the Buddhists. Uh, I've done many, many materialistic things. Yet it's when you're inside you that you learn and create the miracles for the future. Wow. Um, in the United States, we always want the fastest route, you know, <laughs> there. Instant coffee. Yeah, yeah, that's it's right. Instant coffee because you make the best coffee in the whole world. <laughs> that's right. I don't know. I was in England. I had some great coffee over there. So, um, <laughs> Uh, I was trying to get it over here. I don't even remember what it was called, but I was trying to get it over here, but um, that wasn't possible. But yes, we want we want everything to happen very quickly. It's funny you talked about me, uh, meditation. I'm, I just haven't had any success with that either. I'm just like you in my head. Um, so some would say meditation is is a great way to to get to that place that you were just talking about. Um, any other any other ways? Uh, yeah, I'll just say for me, it's through experience, you know, mm -hmm. have a experience or several with mediums, a spirit artist, channels, uh, past life regressions, life between lives regressions, you know, have all these kinds of experiences. I've, I've learned more about myself by having these experiences, these personal mm -hmm. experiences more than even listening to other people's vicarious experiences, like reading about someone else's experience, hearing about it, watching it on a show. Um, having my own, I've learned more about myself, just as you had said, uh, than anything else. Uh, any other little tricks of the trade that you can... <laughs> uh, well, I use the chakras a lot. You I do? like to have the discipline of the chakra because it affords me to keep centered so it keeps me my thinking. Yeah. I also create what I call a room with a view. So I go through the chakras, create an opening in my imagination mm -hmm. until it becomes clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. And then I go and I meet my family. I go and greet um, my teachers over there. So I, I create it that way. So in a way, if I can have my mind in a discipline, mm -hmm. it will work for me. Ah. Uh, bells and symbols don't work, Bob, for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is your form of meditation, really. I mean, you know, some would call that meditation almost, you know, working with the chakras and everything. You know? Yeah. But maybe that's I, us here in the United States, not, not there. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
I, I really think that to look at the chakras, first of all, you've got to understand that the chakras are at your major organs. Okay. That's where they are. Yeah. So you can use your chakra discipline to actually protect the organs. So if you've got an organ that's malfunctioning, mm -hmm. you can spend some time bathing it in different colors mm -hmm. that will help it. Oh. As you're working on that, you're calming yourself down. When you reach the heart chakra, you feel your heart rhythm. So you begin to get into a rhythm and that's where you can start to do your traveling. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I really like that. Mm. So I travel with my heart. Excuse me? I travel with my heart. Do you? Yes, I'll, I'll get to here. I open all the chakras and then I open my heart, and that's where I start to go away. Oh. Look at other visions and other worlds. Oh. I mean, the reason that I know what I know is because I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't do that unless you have some form of discipline that lightens and opens that visualization that allows you to see other worlds. Yeah. And to sit with other teachers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that anything like, it doesn't sound like it, but have, have you had out-of-body experiences? Um, is, Astral projection. Yes. Yes. And, that, that, and that's different, correct? I mean, that's... Absolutely yeah. different. Yeah. This, that is just visualization. Yeah. Out-of-the-body experiences is totally different. Yeah. You can either travel uh, across this planet... Or you can go to the spirit world. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen often. Right. And since I got older, it happens less. Hmm. Probably because I'm afraid of not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. That's great. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's great. Um, we do. I did a nice. Uh, interview with a guy named Graham Nichols and he talks a lot about uh, out of body experiences he's he's younger than both of us and um and has a you know he tries to have these and has a lot of success at it uh by purposely intentionally making that happen so uh not something that I've tried uh but you know uh, maybe someday I will you know um why don't we just finish with uh, this idea, you know, I was wondering, you've given us so much advice today, and I really appreciate it all. I wondered if you had some advice for those people in our audience who are grieving. And there are so many of them. Um, uh, what would you say would be the best thing that they can do to try to uh, ease or comfort some of their grief if, if they're in a lot of pain right now? That's really a very difficult one. Uh, we have to move through grief we, because we're on a planet where grief hits us. I, I feel as if as long as you've got someone who can hold you and just honor you, who can carry on talking about the person you love so much, until you move through the grief to talk about the, the sunshine days, the happy days. Mm. But I do believe that grief is, 
it, it can be prolonged by being within yourself. Grief is about sharing. Share your grief. Find someone who's not going to eventually say to you, I don't want to make you cry. Because crying is like a rainbow bridge. It lights up two worlds. It's the soul crying. Yeah. So tears are very important. Mm. I would say to people who are nurturing people that are grieving, allow them time. Allow them to show you your pain, mm. their pain. Allow them to talk. Don't close them off. Yeah. And for those that are grieving, I would say nurture the realization that we have a God who is a God of love and created mediums so that they could still communicate even in their grief with the people they've lost. Yeah. But even more than that, love, like life, can never die. And if you are loved and you have loved one in the spirit world, just know they're returning that love to you 24 hours a day. Yeah. But we have so many people who don't want people to grieve, mm. and it's quite dangerous. Mm. because you suppress it then and suppression is not good for anyone but you know God's not a jealous angry God who created havoc and pain and suffering the world and this planet does that mm. if we think about God loving us enough to create an opportunity for communication it may help to ease that pain yeah and I love the idea of, you know, talking with people who are grieving about their memories with the loved one because it brings us back full circle now because that's what our loved ones in spirit or their loved ones in spirit want uh, is to be remembered, to still be, still be connected in that way. So Absolutely. They yeah. love it. Yeah. They love it. And remember, whilst we're learning to understand it, to not be skeptical, to actually give ourselves a, a, an opportunity or permission to go to a medium. Remember, that's exactly what they're doing in the spirit world. Yeah. And they really need it as much as you need it. You know, it's interesting. Um, uh, people don't know this, but a, a week ago, you gave me a wonderful reading. Um, five or six of my loved ones came through, some who had never come through before, which almost seemed impossible to me. Uh, I, 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 there were loved ones that I never thought I would hear from um, because I hadn't in so many readings I've had uh, over the years. And, um, and they did. And, and one was an aunt that had just passed uh, uh, last year. So that was just tremendous. But in, in relation to what you were just saying, my father came through. Now, my father's come through in every reading I've had. I, I expect him and... God bless him for doing that. I, but one of the things he was talking about with you was the, the photographs that we have of him and how he liked the photographs that we had chosen for him because he he looked good in that way. But it, it really solidifies what you were just saying, that 
even after all these readings I've had and my father's come through in every single one, he's talking about the photographs that I have of him in my home because that's it's us remembering him. And, and it's important to him. Yeah, and it's important to him. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that. And, and I just wanted to share that with, with the audience because um, I, I thought it really nailed down what you just said. And I, and, and, I, and I think it's important that we all get that. It's really important that we get that they want to still be a part of our lives. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And that's all it's about. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Lovely thought. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, that is. I like that. Um, All right. So uh, we'll stop there. Uh, I feel like I could talk to you all day long. Um, I'm really enjoying this, so thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I do want to tell people your website is MavisPatilla.com. Below this video, people can click and go right to your website. Uh, Patilla is with two T's and two L's, correct? Absolutely. Mavis Patilla. Um, and you do give Skype readings. That's the, the reading that I had with you was a Skype reading, uh, which is, oh, how awesome is that? You can give readings to people all over the world nowadays, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Abidabby, and face them. China. Yeah, yeah. So, And they can contact you through uh, your website, right? If they, yes, if yes, they want. Yes, they can. And you're still teaching at, at Arthur Finley. I am. I, I looked at your schedule uh, you're there a lot you're doing a lot of things there so absolutely wow that's beautiful so if anybody's interested you know especially the mediums out there they want to improve their abilities take it to a whole new level uh they can go there and maybe even take some classes with you which would be yes and i'm coming over to america to work with james when, so, when well they can look at your schedule and see that i don't know I don't know what I'm doing next week, so I yeah. just know I'm yeah, going no. to and that's it. it. And it's all on your website, which is wonderful. And I know you guys had a, uh, a cruise uh, that you're doing in Australia that I wanted to promote, but I just looked and it's already sold out. But Absolutely. But people can be, they can still put their name on a waiting list if they want to do that, and that's, that's in late March that that cruise starts. So if they want to get on that waiting list, they can do that again through your website. All the links are there. Everything is there. And, you know, whatever, I, you know, this is, this is a blessing to me. It's, I'm so happy to have met you. I got to thank James for that because, boy, what an what a honor it is to me to have met you and to be, ask you these questions. Ah, I'm, I'm like a kid, you know, all over again. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I feel honored that you've had me on your program. Thank <laughs> you very much. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Mavis. You take care. Bye. That's all for another fantastic Afterlife TV episode. Bob couldn't be happier. If you enjoyed this episode as much as Bob, please leave a comment on AfterlifeTV.com, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And don't forget to check out Bob's book, Answers About the Afterlife. Thanks for watching Afterlife TV.